And here for our inspiring message this morning is our senior minister. Please join me in welcoming Reverend Patrick Cameron. Same color on today. All right. Good morning. Welcome. Brought enough water in case we go over, I could be able to stay hydrated. All right. So as we t- typically start with, let's continue to build this power of the swarm. And if you'd like to sing a song with me, that'd be great. If not, just bask in the, the notes, the space between the notes. If you'd like to stand, that's great. If not, please stay seated. We're going to sing in this very room and say a prayer. In this very room, there's quite enough love. For all the world And in this very room There's quite enough joy For all the world And there's quite enough love And quite enough power To walk through our every fear invite you to know with me there is one activity one life one power one infinite divine presence in and through and as all of life we are immersed in it we swim in it I swim in it in this moment and knowing for myself in the I am because there is only one of us here I invite you to allow my words to be your words that life is my life I open myself in this moment. I see, I see the infinite, the beloved spirit in every detail, in the eyes of my brothers and sisters, as I see this, this terrain begin to come to life again and blossom and flourish. It is such a beautiful met- metaphor and an opportunity to remind myself of how I might blossom and flourish. And so I know every good thing that is in my best interest is called forth now that this divine intelligence, this divine love, this unconditional love is conspiring in every good way for my highest good. This is my knowing. This is the story that I tell myself. This is what I nurture and celebrate. Something wonderful is happening in and through and as myself right here and right now and I get out of the way and let the infinite play. With that said, I know every good thing is in place. With that knowing, I move forward with love and grace, humility, and the excitement and the anticipation of a life that is well-lived and well-loved. For this I give thanks, and I invite you to say with me as we release these words in gratitude, knowing it is already done, and so it is. Blessings. Thank you. Please be seated. Thank you, Brown. Thank you, Brian. We have been using the the Fifth Agreement. There's a little bit of uh, the Fifth Agreement by Don Miguel Ruiz, which is... Uh, the follow-up book to his fourth agreement and people have gone into the bookstore looking for the fourth agreement the four agreements are in here and the fifth agreement so if you're looking for the four agreements they're in the book we didn't buy the fourth agreement again because we thought you probably already have that and if you don't voila you get five agreements for the price of four 
such a deal. All righty. So today we're talking about the third agreement. And the third agreement is don't make assumptions. And I'm going to talk a bit about that. Make no assumptions. David White, the poet David White, who's one of my heroes, has this to say. I think this is a wonderful way to start. I'll share this with you. It's a, it's a, a poem called Sometimes. And sometimes if you move carefully through the forest, breathing like the ones in the old stories. Sometimes if you move carefully through the forest, breathing like the ones in the old stories, who would cross a shimmering bed of leaves without a sound, you come to a place whose only task is to trouble you with tiny but frightening requests. Conceived out of nowhere, but in this place beginning to lead everywhere. Request to stop what you're doing right now and to stop what you are becoming while you do it. Questions that can make or unmake a life. Questions that have patiently waited for you. And questions that have no right to go away. The challenge for us is are we listening or even aware those questions are being asked? Carolyn Mace quotes Tagore in her book, Entering the Castle. And the castle is another metaphor for the soul. Tagore wrote, Our daily worship of God is not really the process of gradual acquisition of him or her, but the daily process of surrendering ourselves, removing all obstacles to union, and extending our consciousness of it, him and her, in devotion and service, in goodness and in love. And so the, one, the thing that I love about what we have to offer here, it's a practical spirituality. We are not here to, to, to stand up and say we're the only way. We're one way. And, our, and our, our goal is the transformation of consciousness, personal transformation. And that may include transcendence, but transcendence is just a, a spirit, it's a, an experience of bliss. But transformation is taking the experience and applying it in our lives with meaning. And I like what, what Tagore says in devotion and service, in goodness and in love. It's really about love. It's a love story. And so the five agreements, the four agreements, <clears throat> however, are just tools to help us move into that space because we need tools because we've gone to sleep. George Bernard Shaw said that most people think once or twice a year. He said, I have become internationally renowned making the commitment to think once or twice a week. The only difference between Bernard, George Bernard Shaw and somebody else, he thinks once or twice a week. And Dr. Ernest Holmes said, our founders said, to learn how to think is to learn how to live. So the idea we have of spirit is just an idea. As Don Miguel Ruiz talks about in the fifth, uh, five agreements, the first one being, I should have these memorized by now, but I don't. I don't know I'm in the right order. Be impeccable with your word. Our word activates the law. Our word activates the law, and the nature of our consciousness is also very, very important. But we stand, when we clean away the things that we're carrying with us, as Tagore says, so that we are that, we are that, that beautifully orbed, individualized expression of the one, standing in goodness and standing in love. Our life becomes magical. Don Miguel talks about that. He said that our life becomes magic. And the word is our wand. It's our magic wand. But it is the consciousness we speak from and it is the nature of our being that we, we pray from and set our intentions that, is, it, it, that makes the difference. So to be impeccable with your word is the first agreement. Number two, don't take anything personally because everybody is in their own dream. Everybody's making stuff up about us. And today it's don't make assumptions. So he usually, I'll bring this out. I'm bringing my prop out, my buddy here, this chair. 
talks about it this week in the Don't Make Assumptions. He says, this is how we were, were domesticated. Because I think domestication is a nice term. But he said, what happens is truth is truth. But how do we know the difference between truth and our, our, our opinions, our virtual reality? What is truth? And says, he uses the example in the chapter of the chair. And he says, take a chair. And, and whatever story we make up, now this is a chair. This is true. This is a chair. That's truth. But what we do, and it's a wonderful metaphor because we don't pick on anyone. We just pick on the chair. But if I decide to make up a story about this chair, because this chair is not wood, it's made out of, it's probably not leather, it's probably plastic, but it's, it's, it's naugahyde. Remember naugahyde? I had a lot of naugahyde furniture when I first moved out. I had the cinder blocks, the plank, and then I had a naugahyde bean bag for a chair in my first apartment. So this chair, because it's not wood, is an evil chair. It's a bad chair. It's a, it's a horrible chair. In fact, I shouldn't even touch it because anyone who touches or sits in this chair becomes evil. In fact, this thing is just, I don't think we should go within 20 feet of this chair. And anyone that comes near this chair, something bad will happen to them as a result of coming near this chair. See, I'm just making up a story, right? But isn't it interesting? He said, we fall asleep in the dream of superstition. That one culture, because they're different and we don't understand it or whatever it may be or whatever, or, or our neighbor. I, I've told the story many times. It was a great teaching lesson for me. My neighbor, when we first moved in, I'd wave at him all the time, say, hi, how you doing, jumping up and down, and he would just stand there staring at me. And so I said, well, this guy's not very friendly. And then next time I come, I'm really going to get his attention this time. I'm waving and nothing. This went on for about six months, and finally I walked over to meet the neighbors. And it uh, turns out that he's blind. Like he was out in his backyard yesterday helping his wife. So sweet. She's planting. She's doing all the work. And he's walking around the hose and seeing if he can. It's just the sweetest relationship. And I've told the story. Her name is Elmira, which means the seer. And Jack, the husband, can't see. But he's a beautiful man. But, you know, I didn't know, so I made up a story. You know, here I am just knocking myself out to be friendly. And he's so inconsiderate. Well, can't see a pal. It was really a great, it was a wonderful lesson, wonderful lesson. So Don Miguel tells his apprentices, there's three things. If you want to go apprentice with Don Miguel Reeves, he tells them three things. Number one, he said, don't believe me. Don't believe anything I have to say. Don't believe anything I have to say. He said, but learn to listen. Learn to listen. When you look at the chair, can you be in the truth? Because I can make another story up. This chair is magical. You sit in this chair. We're going to charge $500 a piece. If we make it 1000 that would be even more interesting, wouldn't it? And then you start saving your money to sit in the chair. Amazing things will happen. There's a vortex. There's a shaft of light that's coming down from heaven and coming from all directions and up from the earth. It's grounded perfectly in all the dynamic energy of the universe. And anyone who sits in it is blessed, and they will never have another obstacle. Everything will be an opportunity, a growth opportunity. They will stretch, and great and wonderful opportunities will come into your life as a result of it. Another story. It's my virtual reality. Don't believe anything I say. You reach your own opinion about this chair. But the truth of it is it's just a chair. Someone put it together. Someone manufactured this. In fact, it's sisters right over here. There's two of them. They come in a pair. It's just a chair. But we make up the story. Don't believe, don't believe me, he says to all of them, but listen to what I have to say so you can pick out what, what, what value there is in what I have to say. <clears throat> Number two, don't believe yourself. Stop believing all the things that are going around in your head. So stop, don't believe me and don't believe you. Don't believe myself. 
And then the third one, one is don't believe me. Number two is don't believe yourself. Learn to listen once again. Because the, the mind within us is a wild horse just wanting to take us in every different direction. It's a wild horse. It's going to take us wherever we want to go or wherever it wants us to go. Not where we want to go, but where it wants us to go. And number three, don't believe anything anybody else has to say. Because that's their truth. But learn to listen and pay attention. So what we have to do is detach. We have to step back because we have such wonderful opinions about things and people have such wonderful opinions. We've been enculturated. We've had experiences with parents. Anybody here had parents? <laughs> this is, I, I, saw, I saw Jay Moore on, on the television this week and he said one of the most profound things that I've ever heard and I want to share it with you because it was true of my parents. For a long time, the story made up about my parents is they were, they were deficient. There were so many things that they could have done better. And had they done better, my life would have been spectacular. Okay? Well, that was my story for a while. But I think it's so true. Your parents and my parents gave us everything they had. That's the truth. Now, it may not have been much, but they gave us everything they had. And I know that's true for my mom and dad. They were just, their whole life was given what they had to their family and to their kids. And maybe that wasn't your experience. Maybe all your parents did was provide you a, a, a place to be born, and then you never saw them. That was what they had. They had nothing else to give, but they gave everything they had. The other thing he talked about, he said, which I thought was quite, I could really resonate, he talked about potty training his children. And he said, he's got a little, little boy now. And he said, you know, it's interesting when you're potty tra- tra- training a child, does everyone go through the period where when they, they go into the bathroom for the first time on their own to do their thing, they take all their clothes off? <laughs> that, was the, that was sort of a, a benchmark with my kids. Okay, no, you don't need to take everything off. You just take off a few things. But I, that brought back so many great memories. I thought, yeah, I remember that. Don't believe me, don't believe yourself, and don't believe anybody else. So what do we believe in? What do we believe in? Because the truth is there. We're immersed in the truth. That's just a chair. Then we make up stories about it. Dr. Barker always used to tell a story. He's one of Ernest Holmes' contemporary. He would talk about that whenever he had a challenge in his life, he would sit down and say, Barker, you need a bigger idea. You need a bigger idea. Don Miguel says... Humans are the only animals on earth who punish themselves a thousand times or more for some mistake. We're the only animals. If, if an animal makes a, a, a mistake, a man, animal won't. Cat sits on a hot stove, cat won't sit on a hot stove again. We'll sit on a hot stove and then we'll beat ourselves up for the next 25 years. We'll marry the wrong person and then torture ourselves for the rest of our lives. Man, they were, it was right and perfect. They came along at the right and perfect time to wake us up to a new idea, a bigger idea, or not. For every action, and this is Holmes as well, Don Miguel says, for every action there is a reaction. That's true justice, for cause and effect. We plant a seed, we have, an, we have an effect. But when we stay present, what happens when we don't believe ourselves, we don't believe others, and we don't believe me the seeds that we plant, as soon as the, the weeds start coming back in, as, as soon as the, the things that we don't want in our garden start to come back in, if we're present with it, we can pull them out immediately. Say, you know what, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not telling that story anymore. I'm putting that down. There's a different idea. There's something that's powerful and wonderful that wants to happen here. That's the beauty of what we have. 
That's the power of what we have. But what it requires is our spiritual coin. It requires the commitment and the discipline to have practices in our lives to say, okay, you know what, today I'm going to be impeccable with my word, which means I'm going to think about every word. I'm not going to say anything to harm another. I'm not going to say anything to harm myself, whether it be out loud or the interior. I'm going to bless everything. Because right now, we have this misconception on perfect. We think we have an idea of what perfect is. It's a story that was given to us. It's symbols about perfection. And all of us have it. Not one of us will escape that, that conversation, but perfection is right now. It's today. It's exactly as you and I are. It's exactly as you and I are today. It's not a destination. It's not once I get this, once I get that, it'll be perfect. The perfection is now. To understand that it's a grace, it's a humility, it's an understanding, it's a graciousness for self. There's a wonderful poem by Derek Wilcox. And if you read the Science of Mind textbook, at the beginning there's a poem by Ernest Holmes. They are almost identical. And I think Derek probably wrote this and probably Dr. Holmes. Dr. Holmes, one of the things that he would do, our founder, he would memorize poetry. And he would use poetry all the time. He was, a, he, he was trained as a, an orator. He did performing uh, from the stage. He would go and he basically was an actor in his young career. And it served him well as he moved along. And he developed the consciousness. And he continued to evolve. There's a wonderful book that someone uh, put into my awareness this week. One of the last books he wrote. Which I'm going to pick up. Because his, his consciousness evolved over the years. He continued to grow and he continued to uh, call forth the bigger idea. But here's a poem by Derek Wilcox that I think is so true and so timely. He said, the time will come when with elation you will greet yourself arriving. With elation you will greet yourself arriving at your own door in your own mirror. And each will smile as the, at the other's welcome. The time will come with, when, with, when with elation you will greet yourself arriving at your own door in your own mirror. And each will smile at the other's welcome. And you say, sit here, eat. You will love again the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you all your life, whom you ignored. Sit, feast on your life. What that is, is the perfection of this moment. All that you've gone through, all that has brought us together here today, all the things that we, have, we feel we have failed at, all the th- times we've come up short or someone else has disappointed us, all of it, all of it is perfect. It does, it does no good to keep dragging it with us. Don Miguel talks about that. We carry a corpse with us and it gets heavier and heavier. And not only is it heavy... It smells bad. It stinks. We need to just put it down with love. We need to say, you know what? I could have come no other way. This was my journey. This was my path. This was the things that, that were, I was called to experience and go through. To continue to fine-tune and put it so I can welcome myself back. Say, so, well, where have you been, my friend? I'm so sorry I ignored you for so long. See, waking up is waking up to ourselves. Don Miguel says it in this book. When we do that interior work, when you do the cleansing, when we do the continued work, the forgiveness, and, the, and the, the putting aside the things that no longer serve us, it's a wonderful thing. We become more and more present with all that we can do, all that we are. And then every word is a prayer. Everything is sacred. 
And it's not so we don't have to give up everything to do that. We just have to bring mindfulness to our, our, our life. I uh, was thinking about it this, this morning. I brought my own water with me, and on it, uh, several years ago, I went through some training with Maria Nemeth, and Maria has an, a, a call, the Academy for Coaching Excellence. And what Maria has done is there are about 20, 25. We used to have them in the bookstore. We sold them for a while, and I was really uh, uh, excited about that, and, and I'm still excited about it. It's just a practice that's faded a bit. But Laura and I actually have them on the mirror at home, and so every morning I get up, and as we're getting ready to go out the door, I always pick five words. And sometimes I write them down. Maria said, pick five of these words. They're ontological words. Ontological words means it, it, they support the experience of being at the highest level. There's a, vibrational, there's a vibrational frequency to the words that's very powerful. And there's about 20 words. So I picked five this morning. I put them on my water bottle. Remember the hidden messages in water by Dr. Emoto? How many of us do that? Remember we saw the movie? Most of us have seen the movie. See, I see heads nodding. If you haven't seen the movie, I'll just give you a quick scenario. They did a study with water. They would put blessings on the bottle overnight. And some would be love and some would be uh, generosity. And some, you know, really high, wonderful, compassionate words. And others would be... Uh, uh, and, and what he did then is through this uh, photography, he would take pictures of the, the crystals. As they were at a certain temperature, he could photograph them. And the beauty of the ones that had love and, and uh, honesty and openness and present and enthusiastic and loving, all that stuff that were amazing. And the ones that, that were not blessed looked um, deformed. It was very interesting. But I thought, why don't I do that every day? Why don't I write the five words on that I'm committed to living with and hold this for myself? And then this water becomes just a sacred opportunity. Each time I take a sip, I'm reminding of myself. My five words today are to show up clear, enthusiastic, loving, open, and present. Just five of them. Because sometimes, sometimes when I'm coming over here, I forget. You know, sometimes somebody will do something in traffic, and you'll forget the commitments you've made. Sometimes you'll have a memory, you'll flash back to a memory. So I'm just going to take a drink here of clear, enthusiastic, loving, open, and present. Be selling sips of this along with a spot in the chair for $1,000. But isn't it, I mean, isn't it true? You know, I mean, isn't it true? We laugh because it's true. People have come along through the ages and said, you know, get in the box. You get in the box, everything will be, everything will be wonderful. Really? Yeah, honest to God. Get in the box. I had a gypsy tell me one time somebody put a curse on me. And for $90, we could get the special candles to remove the curse. And you know what? I guess if I believed that, I would remove the curse. I didn't particularly feel cursed. I just felt like I was making dumb mistakes in my life. But okay, I, at least I was taking responsibility. Humans are the only animals on earth who punish themselves a thousand times or more for the same mistakes. You can create heaven or hell. We can create heaven or hell by the story that we make up. And hell, hell is simply wanting to be somewhere else than we are right now. That's what hell is. Hell is wanting to be somewhere else than we are right now. I like that definition. Really simple. I love the four agreements, the five agreements. It's really simple. I need simple. Have I been impeccable with my word? Am I taking things personally? Don't make assumptions. If we, as he talks about in, the, in his, this chapter on uh, don't make assumptions, he talks about if we were born in the 14th century England right, right now, say we had, we had a time machine and we landed in 14th century England, 
And we started telling them everything we knew. They'd think we were crazy. First of all, they would, put us, they would put us to death, according to Don Miguel, for taking a bath every day. And then, could you imagine explaining email and Google and television and radio and all these things? They'd, be, they'd think you were a lunatic and they'd burn you as a witch because they'd be making stories up about it. It's very interesting. And as he says, what will they be saying about us in another 500, 600 years? How we lived on this planet how we took care of ourselves, our bodies, the way we related to one another. I think in 500 years, they're going to look and say, you know, there used to be wars all the time. Isn't that amazing? And they used to fight over natural resources, and there used to be this sense of, of, of ownership around things, that this planet is God's planet. Our lives are God's life, or spirits. I know some people don't like the G word. But it's just spirit. It's just the infinite. It's just the truth. And so as Don Miguel says, as you stop believing these things, another example of story, that 14th century story, and what will they say about us in the future? I've been reading a wonderful book about uh, Barack Obama. It's called The the, uh, Game Change. And it's interesting to watch, and and all the research in the... But but I think Obama represents a new idea. And he really wasn't obsessed with being president. At one point in time, uh, David Axelrod is one of his top advisor said, I don't think you have what it takes, Barack. And he really had to mull it over with his family and his children. He wanted to make sure he'd be able to spend as much time with them as he could. And they told him at the beginning he would, which they lied. But anyway, they all got on board. But he said, there's a couple of reasons I want to do this. He said, one, I think it's so important for children on this planet to be able to see that anything is possible. He said, that is one of the messages here. Anything is possible. And that's true in that instance. It's true for us. Anything is possible. And the other, he said, is that it's, a, it's an important message, I believe, to show what we stand for as a country, and, and it's a message to the world. It's time for this message. But it was a bigger idea. And every time they tried to get him to attack the other candidates, he always took the conversation. He would meet the, the attack at the level of, that it needed to be met at, and then he would elevate the conversation into a bigger idea. He never started attacking Republicans per se. He would say, you know, this is an opportunity for this nation to rise up in a new way, in a powerful way. But he had that vision, and he, because of the, the, the things that shaped him, the symbols that he agreed to, and he's such a wonderful example, I think, of a bigger idea. Will he do everything that we expect, or he's expected to do, or that I expect him to do? I don't have any expectations. I know the right and perfect things are going to happen. He also has to deal with the consciousness of those around him. And as Don Miguel says in this book as well, that we're not here to have anybody save us. We're not here to have, as he says here on forgiveness, on page 144, says, many people say that Jesus died for us. It's a very popular idea. I heard that growing up. Jesus died for us to save us from our sins. Well, it's a wonderful story. But Jesus didn't make, the choice, didn't make the choices in our lives. Instead of saving us, Jesus told us what to do. You need help? Okay. You need to follow the truth. You need to forgive. Number one, start there. You need to forgive yourself and others every day. It's not one time. It's not walking the radical forgiveness circle and saying, my forgiveness work is done. Because if you're walking on this planet, you're going to find something today you're going you're to have the opportunity to forgive. It needs to be part of our practice. Love one another. 
He gave us all the tools, but we say, no, I cannot forgive. I prefer to live with my emotional poison, with my pride and with my anger and my jealousy. Because when we choose not to forgive and we choose not to love, that's our choice right there. Because that's too hard. Because you don't know the struggles I've had. Yes, I do. I've had my heart broken a few times. If we are fighting with people we love, if we are creating a lot of resistance around us, remember, we live in a world of consequences. We have to let go of that first. We have to forgive because forgiveness is the only way to clear out the emotional body of emotional poison. And it becomes emotional poison. It becomes toxic. And that's not a bad thing. It's just a thing. Once again, it's this, but it can be the truth. It can be the condition that we're living under. And to understand none of us are stuck. We have an opportunity to do amazing things here together. I want to share uh, an affirmative prayer by Dr. Holmes that I pulled up this morning that was just... Uh, just so beautiful. And he wrote this in the we. I'm going to read it as he wrote this. It's a wonderful affirmative prayer. And this is what we teach. But not only do we see the truth step back from our lives and realize, you know, it's just stories I'm making up. But our, the, the wonderful thing like Obama did and showed is that we can, we can find a new, more interesting story to tell ourselves. All of those things came into our lives for us to shape us and to change us and shift us so we can give birth to a consciousness that is so desperately needed on this planet so that you can be the, the representative of love and of forgiveness and of grace and of beauty on this planet. That's our opportunity. And we don't have to change the world. We don't have to change anybody. We just simply have to be willing to do the work ourselves. And then that word is a magic wand for us. But Dr. Holmes says this. He took requests for prayer. He said, now we have a lot of names in here, different people who want different things to happen in their experience. Each person who has put his name in here knows that he wants this something to happen. So think about something you want to happen. Let this prayer be yours now. You you don't have to write it out, but think about this. And he goes on and on a bit. He says, there's one life, and it is God. And it is this person's life. It is your life, my life now, whatever it may be, and whoever this may be. We are under the government of that. We are directed and guided. Everything that we want to have happen in our lives will prosper. I know what to do. You know what to do and how to do it. And I receive the impulsion to do whatever it ought to do. There isn't a thing about this activity that I don't know or don't need to know and you don't, that you don't have a need to know. Any person that we ought to meet, we meet. Any information we ought to receive, we receive. <clears throat> and we do receive. New ideas, new thoughts, new things, new friendships, new situations, new conditions are coming into our lives, flowing joyless, joyfully. And our minds receive them. And I'm glad. We are glad. There's no past. There's no sin. There's no condemnation. There's no judgment. We are wiping that out right here and right now. It's eradicated and dissipated in this moment. God has not made any mistakes. He is all right and he knows it. And she is all right and she knows it too. In joy shall we drink from the well of salvation. Joy and love and friendship shall accompany us. That is all that goes out. That is all that comes back. We are guided. We are prospered. Everything. Everything we touch. Amen. Hallelujah. It is prospering now. Multiplying. He gives and he receives and, he is, and we are blessed. And for every person who has asked for physical healing, let us know that their body is a divine pattern that God has made. Thou hast made us thine thine we are. And in this moment, our recognition of the presence of the living spirit makes whole anew every organ, every action, and every function of his body, circulation, assimilation, elimination. It is a body of divine ideals and ideas and health and realities. It is in harmony with the infinite pattern which has created and sustains it. The word is the law of elimination to everything that contradicts this idea. 
And now shall love and joy and gladness and the longing of the heart and the companionship of life fulfill the aspirations and feelings and meet the needs of daily life. There's nothing wrong with any of us. We were born to be whole and happy. And now as we silently bless this person, all people and ourselves, we're all blessed. And as he turns to the great heart of love in and around us, as we turn to the great heart of love in and around us and recognize the divine nature of our own being and consciously unify ourselves with the living spirit, we thank God. And we look at each other. We behold there the living presence, love and friendship, joy forever and forevermore. Now there's a story worth living. If we're going to make something up, let's live that. That's our opportunity. That's a wonderful opportunity. That comes from one of the final pages in the Holmes, the Holmes papers. It's a wonderful treatment. But that's our opportunity every day to read something like that, to, re- to take our water bottle to work and put, pick out five ontological words that are rich for us so we forget, oh yeah, I forgot. Today I was going to do this, 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 this. Clear, enthusiastic, loving, open, and present. That's what I live for. That is my mantra. Simple things. We all own a water bottle, don't we? <clears throat> if you don't talk to me afterwards, I can hook you up with one. <laughs> Big sale on water bottles today. So let's take this teaching into our lives. Let's embody it. Let's take the simplicity of it. Let's be impeccable with our words to the best of our ability. Let's not take anything personally. Let's not make assumptions. Let's just embody these simple ideas and, and state our demand upon this universe with love and grace and the expectancy of great good. And so it is. <clears throat> hey, buddy, water bottle. Brian's got his water bottle. <laughs> <laughs>